Well, happy uh, Olymp- Summer Olympic season. Finally, a year later, we get the 2020 Olympics. But it sounds like in Tokyo, they're having trouble. They're they're worried about the the, uh, the swimming competitions on there. Yeah, the, the, you know, I mean, they're they're okay with the rowing. Yeah, basketball's fine. That's fine. Uh, golf. Yeah. X Games type sports, mm-hmm. no problem. Like judo, the, judo seems fine. Judo it's is Japanese judo, sport. Yeah, it's 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 a Japanese. They're they're it's more than fine. Right. But swimming, yeah, they're looking for a second location. Oh, yep. There's a lot of opportunities. I, I think I think we're onto something, guys. Yeah. Oh, where uh, are they looking at? What are the what are the top spots, Jim? Uh, well, the, the top spots are the Thames. Mm-hmm. Um, just like. When London hosted the Olympics, they felt like London wasted an opportunity to have people swim in garbage. Oh, yes. And, uh, and I guess it's full of, like, antidepressants and, and all that other stuff. Right, and, and, and shopping trolleys. Oh, sure. Uh, I'd be really impressed if you could swim over all that stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, I would be impressed if you could take that many antidepressants and continue to swim. <laughs> You might just give up. You may like, well, you know what? It's not worth it. Like, it's Katie, yeah. Katie Ledecky would be like, well, I, I'm actually. I've been working too hard at this. I really need to just <laughs> right, go yeah. and live my life. Right, yeah. I only swim because of my anxiety. Right. And, but you know, there's enough Wellbutrin in the Thames that, like, you eventually would just give up on that. That's it. Right. Uh, uh, another spot that they've been looking, uh, the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. Oh, well, that's a good be, one. Right. Be huge. Um, not maybe the most depth. Well, you don't need a lot of depth to but, swim in a but, straight line, right? Right, but length, like lengthwise, mm-hmm. right. like the 800 meters, definitely no problem. Sure. Um, they just have to figure out the whole time travel thing. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right, yeah, right, yeah. Right. We're working on it. But, yeah. uh, I think we're close. I think, you know. Right, right. The, David Tennant's going to help them. The Pentagon has admitted uh, something about aliens and UFOs, right? So I think time travel is just around the corner. Right. It's uh, This is the future that H.G. Wells uh, predicted. Oh, sure. I hope so. Uh, I but, hope it's the one he predicted. But what they actually came up with and where the swimming events are going to be held. So if you're looking for the next Michael Phelps. On, on Channel 2. On Channel 2. Yeah. On Chandler Street at the Tapo Day Club is where they're going to have all the swimming events. No kidding. Wow. Yeah. yeah, you heard it here first on the Square Podcast. Wow. Now, wait a minute. Hold on, Jim. Now, I have serious concerns. How Do you think they're going to let the Scots in? You think Scotland's going to be allowed to compete in that competition? They have, uh, you know, that crazy list of rules of what you can and can't wear. I, I feel like there's just some countries that are just going to be left out. Mm. Rocco, yeah, Rocco yeah, Termini like, is going to nuke the Olympics. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, I, I, like all of uh, sub-Saharan Africa is left out of the Olympics. Well, wow. thanks, Rocco. Thanks, Rocco. I mean, all I, a bitch. all I wanted to see was some good old-fashioned synchronized swimming. And you ruined it. And you won't let me wear camouflage. And welcome back to the Square Podcast, Buffalo's premier uh, Olympic Summer Olympic podcast. Yeah, we're guys. covering the Olymp. We're the we're the we're the official podcast of the Tokyo Olympics. Yes, right. Twenty twenty yeah. Olympics, even though it's twenty twenty one. Right. Yeah. It's uh, last year didn't count parody account. Yep. 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 Yeah. We're gonna call a mulligan on that, but. No, we're the Square. We're Buffalo's premier uh, news, views, and brews podcast. That's our little catchphrase. We're going to put it on a bumper sticker. We're going to put it on the t-shirts that'll never happen. And, no, I'm, and I'm going to get them. And you people are going to love it. You're going to eat it up. 
I'm gonna get those. Yeah. I'm gonna get those mm-hmm. uh, red, Buffalo Red shirts out. Trust me, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this week. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, we uh, <laughs> have with us this week a very special guest because we're rad. He's rad, and rad enough to join us on the show. Fillmore District Council Member Mitch Nowakowski. Mitch, what's going on, dude? Thank you guys very much for having me. Uh, I would like to say happy Pride to uh, to you guys and happy yeah. Pride to everyone that's celebrating. Uh, it's a time where uh, you know where folks come together and you know either if you're in the rainbow or under the rainbow, we come together in solidarity. So it's yeah, good to be here happy today. Pride. Hell yeah, brother. We're going to talk more about that um, in in a little bit, Mitch. But you know, we uh, our bread and butter here, boys. A little news of the week. What do you say? In for the news, Jim. Yeah, let's do it. Down to news. Uh, you know what? DTN. Uh, Get that text at night. It. You know what? It, it. It is. Um, DTN today. <laughs> if we if we were doing this yesterday, I was not in the news yesterday. Oh, it was not, it was not necessarily the news for me. Not. He wasn't down to news, but today's today. A, you've hydrated. Yeah. I've hydrated. You had a little food. Uh, I, and I, now you're DTN. Rested. Yeah. Now I'm DTN. He's down to news. Hydration is important. I just like to put that out there. Right. Uh, hydration is important. And and Mitch, we're going to be talking about some city stuff in here. Um, put the caveat out there for our listeners that Mitch Nowakowski is in fact an elected official. So he's going to weigh in on some things. He's going to not weigh in on some things. That as is his right. We're just some yutzes talking here. He represents. You better know a district. So we'll talk about the the fine folks in the Fillmore district in, in a bit as well. Um, but all that leads into our first topic, India Walton. Uh, where where else would we start? The primary, primary campaign that we cover. Yes. Yes. And I mean, hey, for whatever it's worth, the only one actually putting in any real work, this campaign cycle, she, um, not to belabor the point, but I mean, she is really, really catching steam here as we wind down towards the primary early voting's happening now it was her birthday this week it was her birthday happy birthday week. happy birthday india she's a very good friend of the pod what do, what else do we say jim we got some big endorsements coming through here yeah i mean it's it's interesting to see like i mean it's, it's one thing to see like the challenger which you know you've got you've got two african american newspapers for the for realistically in the criterion and the challenger and they're run by different factions. And so to see the challenger endorsing India Walton and telling the mayor to go fuck himself isn't that surprising. Uh, it, it would have been surprising to see the Criterion do it. In fact, like I wouldn't be here because I would have died of a fucking heart attack if the Criterion <laughs> had done that. But, I mean, you know, the challenger to do it anyways is like, you know, that's the challenger is essentially Betty Jean Grant. For her to step into the mayor's race, which she didn't have to, and say, you know, get bent to the mayor. It's it, it's interesting. It weigh it, it does have value. It it does weigh. I mean, there are there are people who read the Challenger exclusively and don't read the Criterion. So like, it's it's a big deal. The Art Revolution thing is a bigger deal as far as like putting the city on the map nationally, so that people are paying attention to the city. Yeah. So for those at home who aren't aware, Art Revolution was basically Senator Bernie Sanders' fundraising arm during uh, both the 2016 and the 2020 elections. They've now become dedicated to advocating for progressive, socialist, leftist, you know, whatever uh, label you want to apply there, candidates throughout the country. Again, on this show, we've talked about how supremely unique it is to have this kind of level of national attention, to have essentially like the Bernie Sanders campaign wing weigh in and, you know, 
officially endorse and, and drop money in and and really push it into high gear for India is just it's kind of mind blowing. It is. I will say that anecdotally, they're using old lists because I got a text message asking if I was going to vote for India, and I haven't lived in the city proper for two years. I am somebody who, as soon as I move, I change my registration for for voting. My driver's license still says I live on Lancaster Ave in the village in the Elmwood Village, and it's been two years. But my voter registration was like immediately to Lancaster because I needed to make sure that that was taken care of. So I don't know where they got their lists. They're using some older lists. I mean, I was happy to respond and be like, I would be happy to entertain the idea of voting for India Walton were I somebody who lived in the city of Buffalo proper, and I got no response. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think, man, the unfortunate way that a lot of our municipal politics are structured is that I do think there are a lot of people who would be very excited to vote for India Walton who don't live in the city and can't make that vote. I, I did. I, I was talking to a friend of the pod, Gavin, uh, Gavin O'Brien, who's a big time listener of our pod. And uh, he, he trolls the Buffalo subreddit. And there was somebody on the Buffalo subreddit who was like, Hey, um, I got my absentee ballot sheriff's race is on here but the mayor's race isn't on here did i do something wrong or is it because i live in the suburbs people just don't know you know like you got to be like us like you got to be a little wait it doesn't count if you also work in the city Uh, you vote twice oh okay great vote early vote often all right sounds good um mitch i know the constraints of what we're dealing with here we know we can't dive too much into handicapping this race let's talk a little bit more general about the idea of like endorsements you know the challenger endorsed india walton how important is it for a political candidate to get the kind of endorsements like that where that's a that's a particular community where that might be especially important to them to see that kind of endorsement you know uh it's always interesting when you talk about the political science of campaigns and, you know, do endorsements have a weight, you know, somebody endorses you, does that equate into votes or does that equate to something? I, the jury's still out in my political kind of nerdiness in it because you just don't know until those votes roll in and where, um, you know, I know that, you know, at least in my race, when I was running, I was very focused on, oh my gosh, if I didn't get a certain endorsement, does that mean that I lose the race? And, you know, just stuff like that. Um, and in at least my barometer of success, there were, there were organizations that, that didn't uh, endorse me and that I, you know, I had prevailed in, in those certain areas. So I think the jury's still out and, you know, you have to do an autopsy of races and stuff like that. Right. And, it, and I will say, like, getting an endorsement is kind of, it's free advertising money. And the, the old joke about advertising money is half your advertising money is wasted. You just don't know which half. So some of your endorsements are wasted endorsements. I would argue for certain races, the Buffalo News endorsement, and we'll get to this in a second. But the, I was not endorsed by the Buffalo right. News. Right. I would argue in certain races, the Buffalo News endorsement is a wasted endorsement. I would, if the Buffalo News decided to like rear its ugly head into school board races in the suburbs, I would imagine it would be very important. In races where the electorate is going to be more impacted by actually knowing the candidates, I would where they're more highly motivated and that it would be like your common council races, your your mayoral races, your countywide races that aren't judges because nobody knows who judges are. Right. Like, I mean, 
judges, just whatever. I mean, nobody knows who the judges are. Even the people playing inside baseball don't know who the judges are. Well, because, you know, when you think about it, you know, when you run for a judge, you can't run on issues. Right. You can't. You have to run on base on yourself, and it's really name recognition and, you know, putting in, putting in that work and trying to message accordingly, but you're really constrained on what you can put out there. I mean, it's like there's a whole, you know, governing book of what you can put out there, what you can raise. So it's, you know, I worked really hard um, to get Sue Maxwell Barnes elected uh, to Erie County Court, and, uh, you know, the messaging of it and that race really taught me, wow, you know, it's almost, I feel like it was almost... Harder than running for an office because at least you could identify with an issue or a neighborhood um, that you could latch on to. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it was just groundwork and go TV and, and, and doing that. But, yeah, I mean, vo- running for office is very tough, but especially judicially, most folks are like, you know, I, uh, most judges, when you when you think about it, you don't want to go in front of them. Right. right? So it's not like you, you want to, you know, remember that name, you know, when you see somebody. Well, and just to circle back a little bit, guys, to to the mayor's race here and, and specifically about the endorsements and, and the fundraising um, that entails with it. So we actually got another full color mailer this week from the Walton campaign. Yeah. This time, not so nice. Uh, not not. It, 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 like, so, I mean, they're following the general tra- trajectory that you would do if you're doing a campaign. Right. Her first full color mailer, her first citywide mailer that she could afford to send out was a get to know you piece. Who is she? Get her name out there. Get some name recognition. What is she? Who is she doing? That's if if campaign 101, that is the first piece you send out is get to know me. Her second piece that she sent out, and I'm going to pull it up right now. um, I got, I was luckily I sent this by Tara Sullivan on Twitter. It's a hit piece saying about a, over his four terms in office, Byron Brown has accepted hundreds of thousands of dollars from real estate developers, corporations, special interests. Here are just a few of his supporters. And it's Jeremy Jacobs, far-right billionaire and Donald Trump donor. Carl Palladino, disgraced racist Republican politician. Steve Pigeon, corrupt party boss who pled guilty to bribery. And Lou Simonelli, developer found guilty of bid rigging scheme. And it says in big, bright, yellow, bold letters, underlined, Hall of Shame. Yes. And folks, wow. I got to tell you, you know, I know I know we have some folks on the inside of India's campaign who listen to the show, and we love you all. I'm not saying that we're responsible for this campaign strategy because it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. But what I will say is that I'm happy they've, they've taken this tack because tying the mayor to Carl Palladino. And Louis Simonelli and Jeremy Jacobs and, and all these awful people. That's the way to go. That's that's the strategy that her campaign or a campaign like hers would have to do to attack somebody like Mayor Brown. Doing it right. Doing it right. Well, I mean, that's what you want to do if you want to activate the base in the Democratic primary, right? In the city of Buffalo, the Democratic primary is the end-all be-all for the mayor's race. You wouldn't do this mailer for November election if you were running a two-party race. You do this mailer because Democrats hate Carlo Palladino. Probably, if they know who he is, hate Jeremy Jacobs. If they find out who he is, hate Lou Simonelli. And if they have any kind of memory, are not happy to be associated with Steve Pigeon. That is why you do this, Maller, is because it's a Democratic primary. What is crazy to me is that it's full color, because honestly, my one critique of it is, this could be like a two-color Maller, 
which would be just as effective and probably save $5,000. Sure, sure. But I mean, it gets the point across. And it's fascinating, right? Because, man, this, this move by India's campaign... I would say is probably the most partisan uh, step we've seen in a mayoral election in what well, at least at least in my lifetime that I can remember. Th- these elections, these mayoral campaigns, they're generally like like you mentioned earlier, Mitch, about like the judge campaigns, where it's like we're running on the merits. You know, it's like who are we? Um, not really staking out any sort of partisan issues. I guess there's usually nods towards towards development. Like we want to develop the city. We want to, you know, bring jobs, etc. It's a bold move uh, tying uh, the mayor to Carl Paladino, tying him to far right Trump supporting billionaires is something that it's unprecedented in certainly in a, in a Buffalo mayoral race, I would think. At least for this mayor. For this mayor. Clearly, there's not enough inside baseball known because eight years ago when the mayor was running for re-election, you know, he was having like Chris Grant and Chris Collins help him against Bernie Tolbert because they had developed a, a connection. And if you could tie the mayor to Chris Collins, well, everybody hates him. I mean, hell, Nate McMurray almost won a congressional seat because everybody hates him. It's true. And in 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 the in the vein though of people who don't hate the mayor, uh, we have a Buffalo News endorsement. The for Buffalo News did the Buffalo News Byron did Brown's endorse uh, did endorse the mayor, and it's it's typical of Buffalo News. The Buffalo News doesn't tend to and and Mitch could speak to this endorse people that they don't feel have the resume or the work experience to say that they're doing it already. The, the the Buffalo News tends to overly rely on people who are already doing the position and not give enough credence to people who might have the correct experience to lead into a career in public leadership, but don't already have those years behind them. You know, speaking just to myself and if, you know, maybe some folks will glean certain things, but as a candidate, when I ran for, you know, my seat now, I didn't get the Buffalo News endorsement. But for me, as a candidate at that time, I had to block a lot of that stuff out and just keep working. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and it goes back to the endorsement of, um, you know, just talk about endorsements and what do they mean and what do they weigh and and whatnot. But when you're a candidate, you just gotta. It's a ground game. You gotta just work hard. Yeah, I mean, like, would India Walton be happy to get the Buffalo News endorsement? Of course, it would be on a Maller for her. She didn't get it, so it's. I mean, is the mayor going to do a Maller with it? Maybe, <laughs> maybe not. Who cares? Uh, the, the Buffalo News knows, though, if Byron Brown wins and they endorse India Walton, they're not getting any access to the mayor's office. Right. That's the nature of this game, unfortunately, is that whatever intentions you want to put to the Buffalo News in their endorsement behind it, even, you know what, to take them at their word, because I'll, I'll read a selection from this uh editorial from the editorial board because of course they're not going to actually have somebody put their name to this it's the board uh the editorial board brown has earned a fifth term as buffalo mayor uh byron brown has been an effective and diligent mayor for buffalo and even if he were facing more credible challengers get bent hold on we're gonna hit the pause button right there get bent Whatever, whatever you want to say about India Walton, I'm sorry. She is a credible cha- challenger for that office with her experience as working in the fruit belt and her experience just living in the city, being a working mother, being a person who lives here and who's been civically engaged most of her life. She's a credible challenger and has clearly shown that based on all of her endorsements and things that she's I, I mean, look, 
I'm going to make light of this because I make light of everything. As long as it's not Joe Jarzembek, it's a credible <laughs> challenger. <laughs> Jolt and Joe, we love him. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can read the rest of the endorsement if you want to. No, I, it's just pablum. But the real thing, just to finish that sentence there, uh, would probably warrant election to the historic fifth term he seeks. That's true despite the fact that he ducked a debate with his two opponents, India Walton and LaCandice Durham, and that he has perfected the art of answering questions with long strings of words that sound good but say little. That's the long and short of it. As city Democrats prepare to vote in the June 22nd primary, they will be tantamount to election in an overwhelmingly Democratic city where no Republican is on the mayoral ballot. We endorse Brown. Um, and, and they go on to say, you know, being the mayor of a good size American city uh, is nowhere to start a political career, which, again, uh, India Walton has not been elected to office before, but I wouldn't say she's starting her political career with this run. She's kind of starting her career. But I mean, what is the appropriate resume to be mayor of the city of Buffalo? The thing is, is that, like, the mayor doesn't do it in a vacuum, right? They have staff. They have other people who work for them. They, If they're a good and thoughtful person, hire good and thoughtful and diligent and appropriate staff to handle these things. The mayor isn't going to suddenly have to be like commissioner personnel as well, right? Like they, I, I have an issue with that take on that, like, you have to have had a certain amount of experience before you can be something as big as mayor because it, to me, diminishes the roles of what they consider to be what or what the Buffalo News then is considering to be like entry-level politics. Being a common council member, being a member of the school board, that's hard. There's a lot of shit that goes on. There's a, it's a large budget that you're dealing with. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of agencies that you're dealing with that you have to you have to do, and they're treating that as though that's an entry-level position and the mayor is like a, a, a mid-career position. No, and maybe maybe that's just because I'm, I'm applying to a lot of jobs, so I'm, I'm applying resume analogies. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I forget who made this point on Twitter. It might have been our, our buddy Buffalo Troll or maybe Rob Galbraith, both, both people I love, but it was like something to the effect of like, what are you going to do, like go to mayor trade school for four years or something before you can run wait they don't have that uh, yeah shocker they don't oh. no yeah they do it's called harvard uh, sure <laughs> sure you go to harvard to become the mayor of buffalo right oh okay uh, no honestly like the nature of politics and, and mitch you could speak to this as a as a council member here it don't pay much man it it is really hard to pay the bills and raise a family and you know pay the rent being what like a volunteer on political campaigns or being a like a low-level staffer and earning your way up the chain? Well, let me know. Uh, do you want me to go into like the my, you know, in my segment? Because I, I tend to be long-winded when I'm... Go no, ahead. Man, let it rip. Go ahead. Right. We got plenty of time. Okay. So let's talk about being a council member first and then we'll go into Pride Night. I really want to thank you guys for, you know, extending the invitation to, to talk specifically on Pride and... Um, I think it's really awesome that you're trying to, you know, lift up that, vo you know, lift up that voice and, and that diversity into your podcast. Um, but being a council member is, you know, it's, it's a tough job. You know, you have to have thick skin and, you know, when folks are, you're the closest elected official to the people, they, mm -hmm. you know, you, you aren't, you know, behind a desk in some office and in a, in a place, you know, in a, in a capital, you're, you know, in city hall and, Oftentimes you take, you know, you take a little heat for, for things that are out of your control. You know, I was a staffer for a long time and, you know, I was, I worked for Councilman Rivera right out of, uh, right out of college and then I get, got promoted to council staff. So 
I knew the calls that come to a government office. Especially. Where'd you go to college? I went to Buff. I, well, I got my two-year degree at ECC. Okay. And then I went to Buff State, and that's where I did political science and urban planning, and got to have good professors that you've you've had on this podcast before. Uh, what don't. Don't don't pump Jason Knight's tires. <laughs> Do not. I, I, uh, put some air in his balloon. Yeah. No, no. It, first of all, he's got a couple of books that I let him borrow, and he never gave back to me. Uh-oh. Shakedown. So, uh-huh. Well, you know, and and, yep. and 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 that was where I really got to. Uh, it was it's cool in the sense of that I got to go to to college and learn things that I actually have to use in my everyday life. Uh, you know, when it comes to you know zoning and planning and you know the political science part that you actually have to know. Um, as, know, as a fellow political, me and Jim are both political science majors, Mitch. So you're, you're doing us proud that it's not actually the most useless science. Right. And, uh, and, and you're, you're, you're much more useful than we are. And we went to private school. We're just sitting here bitching about the news. And right. Like, yeah, you actually have a real job. Right. Uh, you're, you're actually out there helping people doing things. You're on the street, you're making changes and we're I, just drinking. We're just the nerds com- in a basement well, complaining. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's it's funny because it, I think I shock some of my constituents sometimes in the sense of their calls will come to my office and they'll say, you know, so-and-so on Jones Street has a problem with this. And I'm like, oh, I could help them with this. So I'll swing by like at like five or six o'clock at night. And they're like, whoa, we didn't think you were going to come. I'm like, well, I'm here. Let's, you know, what's the concern? And I always want to have that balance because, you know, as a council member, when you're making decisions, you have to know what people feel right you got to know your constituency and you you can only know that by talking to them and engaging in them and it's you know right now in my life kudos to anyone that does it without you know having kids or you know i'm getting uh, my partner proposed to me when we've been together for 10 years congratulations um, that's great Congrats. Awesome. That's awesome. yeah 10 years that's, yeah. i mean that's 105 for, gay years <laughs> that's what that translates to it's a million gay years that's right, a right, billion right. Uh, yeah. I, first of all like congratulations uh 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 the proposal i i say yes or no do uh, whatever you want so well so I'll tell I, you're you. an, you're an adult you have your own agency <laughs> yeah. but i really want to appreciate the, the fact that you invited the three of us you, you're, you're coming. We'll be there. You're we'll coming. be there. I'm trying to have it in the Fillmore district. You're, you're coming. Oh yeah, I will come to the Fillmore district. I will come anywhere in the Fillmore district for that. And, and so I we'll bring lawn chairs. Like you guys will actually have that. We'll be outside, like in our chairs, like rooting you on. I feel like you'll be the guys that are actually staying up and hanging out late at night. Where I'm, <laughs> yeah. so oh, yeah. I'm 29 and Gary's 41. Where there's 11 age, 11 years difference, and I'm internally 90 and he's internally 25. <laughs> so by like by by 10, I'm like, oh man, I'm wrapping but, this up. But, I got. That's, that's good. Gary and I are both 41, <laughs> and we will have a great time. Oh, home. gosh. So, you guys see, so. yeah, you'll be cleaning up the bar. You'll be closing. You'll be cutting up the rug, cleaning up, cleaning right, up yeah. the bar. We'll be the ones breaking into Mickey's later that <laughs> night to, like, drink all their Zwieck. You know, if I'm going to if I'm going to, you know, say this to anyone to publicly, but because uh, I didn't want to blow any surprise, but there might be a spooky Halloween drag brunch at Mickey's. It's a fundraiser. Oh! So just All throwing right. that out there. That Hell yeah, dude. Right. That is right. awesome. Yeah, you got to have some... If you told 11-year-old Mitch that he would have a political fundraiser as an elected official at a gay bar, I would be like, you're lying. So to see, and I had it at the kickoff to Pride, I had all, you know, I had a, a fundraiser at Cathode and, um, you know, all these politicians on, on you know, the, the infamous Cathode patio. I'm just like, oh my gosh, it's pretty crazy to see those folks in these spaces. But to me, it was really important in the sense of that to normalize that, you know, you have to go to the community. If you want to reach out to a community, you got to organically be there and know the establishments that they frequent. And, right. you know, nothing should be taboo. It shouldn't be like, oh my gosh, you know. And I think that, you know, it's really important that you you know, that we bring folks together. I mean, yeah. I, 
I agree. I mean, and, and we're getting maybe a little bit ahead of it, but whatever. The topic is the topic, and, and, and Pride is the month. But, like, when I was younger, I used to go to a lot of the gay bars a lot with my friend who were gay, right? And I, and I was like, I wanted to normalize that for them, that, like, I want to be wherever you want to be because you're my friend. Well, it's really awesome that you say that and you know when you say even normalize this may sound really crazy but like when i first went uh to pride i was 18 and i drove and i had grew up in the suburbs so i'm like oh my gosh where is this so i went there and um was by myself i didn't have any gay friends at the time and i had to almost normalize it to myself because i was so just not used to being myself or mm. not exposed so it took me you know a few years to get in the saddle and get comfortable with myself of even being there like i had a moment where so there's sometimes I constantly have to pinch myself because I don't want to ever forget where I came from or, you know, the struggles that I had. You know, I was at in Hamburg speaking at an event. It was the Hamburg, Randy Hoke's uh, sister, Karen, who's a councilwoman right. in Hamburg, um, and, and some other folks really that brought pride to, to Hamburg and that these young individuals, it was mostly young folks. And it's cr it's so happy, but so crazy to me that, like, oh, my God, we're living in a, in a society where kids are now 14, 13 their parents are dropping all dropping them off at pride right like it's hey, a sport you know yeah i mean to me like i i lived in the elmwood village for 15 years right on the parade route and the happiest thing for me to see on the parade was the increased amount of high schools whether it was their alliance or their allies who were joining the parade and that is so important and allyship is so important because i think Growing up, you know, and I look, you know, I'm I'm 29 years old. I mean, times have really changed dramatically in the last decade. And, you know, I remember going, you know, being in high school in 2008, 2009 and thinking, oh, my God, if I came out, I'd lose, you know, all my friends and be this really scary thing. And, you know, I couldn't imagine if I had, you know, at an earlier time people show me that support because I think it would have saved me, you know, a lot of a lot of dark times. And it's I, I don't know. Someone asked me earlier today. You know, how did it feel being at that time? And I felt like I was a person that was wearing a shirt that didn't fit. I couldn't really explain it. I was like awkward about it. You know, I, you know, if you commented about it, it made me more insecure. So it was one of those experiences where you kind of just got to, I used to be like, oh my God, I wish, you know, I had more support back then. But it's one of those things What honestly, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And I, th I think that that's where it helped me navigate into politics because it makes me so much more sensitive to people. So if someone comes up to me, uh, you know, as a council member now and says, well, this is a problem or this is how I feel. I think that I'm just innately like, all right, let's, let's vet this. Like, you know, what's going on because you don't want anyone to feel pushed down or left behind or mm -hmm. feel like they don't fit in or they're not heard because it really sucks. You know, what's funny is like we live in the year 2021 now where you could go to Target and you could see a T-shirt that says, you know, love is love or hashtag pride or see a rainbow on it. But we're all the all we're all old enough to remember 12 13, you know, whatever, whenever um, the Supreme Court decision came down, I think it was 08 is when when gay marriage legalized. No, uh, well, federally, it was, uh, or was no, it, it was 15. Uh, and in New York State, it was 2011. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. But my feels like forever, though. It feels like forever. And my point is, like, we're all old enough to remember, and, and Mitch, certainly you very much so, like a time where we did not live in this society, like even in our lifetimes, even like in the 21st century, where it was radically different and you had 
politicians, Democratic politicians running for fucking president who are like, well, my position on gay marriage is, you know, it's kind of complicated. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because think of, okay, let's take ourselves back to a time machine to 2008. And I'm this closeted 10th grader, and it's a heated election between John McCain and Barack Obama. And, you know, what do you talk about at Thanksgiving, right? Who are you voting for? What's going on? You know, what side were you on? And you talk about the issues. Being in such a fragile state, I literally had to sit at kitchen tables where my family members were discussing if I have those should have the same rights as them. Discussing if I have a right to exist, you know, if I'm equal. And it's just like... Wow. You know, and that is really, really tough. So that's why I think I kind of go on some of these tangents and sense of just be mindful of people. Always be mindful of other people because you don't know what people's struggles are. You don't know what people are going through. And it's you, you, I, you could be you don't, don't be that person at the kitchen table that's discussing someone's rights, <laughs> you know, or talking about someone's struggles. And they're sitting there because it could be your right, right, right. The table. You don't be the person who is shutting somebody else up because you are not thinking. You're not feeling. Be empathetic. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't take much to go, what if somebody thinks this? What if somebody feels this? Yeah, and you know, what I always say is, is, you know, the word that really upset me probably the most was the word tolerate. And you want to know why? You tolerate a bad grilled cheese. (laughs) You tolerate ranch dressing. You can't tolerate my existence as a human being. I need you to accept it. I I agree. Like, I was going to say, like, I was at, well, we were... Not re because he hates us. Uh, Correct. We were at my cabin a couple weeks ago, and I got a bunch of bug bites because I, I, I sprayed my legs very, very well and got no bug bites on my legs. But I got distracted between my legs and my arms, and my I looked like I got chicken pox on my arms. I got so many bug bites. Oh, yeah, same here. I tolerate bug bites. I embrace and love all of my LGBTQ family, right? Like... There's a, a huge difference between tolerate and like and, and accept, the, right? Accept, accept, yeah. Right yeah. I, I mean, accept. And if you accept somebody, all lesbians, I've met some who are assholes. Fuck them, they're assholes. <laughs> but you accept them as, as, as a I human ex- being. I accept them as a. Le- uh, that's immaterial to me saying fuck them. <laughs> Why I'm saying fuck them is because they hurt my friend. Mm-hmm. Well, fuck them then. Oh. <laughs> Well, well, you yeah. bring you bring up a good thing when you say that in in the sense of at least for me, you know, I never wanted to be known as the gay guy or known as just the gay politician. I really, I'm just being Mitch. There's many layers to me, and that's just one layer, and I think it makes me unique. And there were a time where, like, I remember going to bed, being like, "Oh God, if I could wake up and this be gone." And you know what? I am existing. I'm claiming my space, and I wouldn't. I think it's the best thing that you know that you can be. And, you know, I would definitely not uh, pray the gay away anymore. I, I, you know, with growing up as a kid in in those dark times is, and I just really embrace it. And I am here for a reason. And, you know, it's definitely, you know, it it, it poses certain challenges. Like I, when I was, when I was telling you how I was running for office and I knocked on 3000 doors, I feel like I came out 3000 times. They were like, you must have a lovely wife. And I'm like, to tease, to stuff for a little lovely. I'm like, I do, and his name is Gary. And they're like, oh, all right. And then one woman goes, I think I offended you. You know, how could I How could I change that? I go, just ask me, like, do you, you could just use gender, non-specific terms. Just, hey, do you have a significant other home? Are you partnering with somebody? And it makes it less weird. Right. You know? So maybe, you know, in the future, I think 
I would never, you know, I just, even for you, I'm like, I wouldn't be like, hey, how's the wife at home? You know, I'd be like, hey, you know, do you have someone at home? Right, right. It's Because I, I, we, we were talking earlier and you use broads a lot. <laughs> Jim's canceled again. Sorry, uh, sorry, Jim, listeners. Come on, not again. Sorry, we just got uh, on. We just got him out of cancel culture jail, uh, and now we got to put him yeah. back in. All right, we got to post. Uh, For the record, I did it. Yeah, God, not again. I can't. I can't keep it. They're gonna eat up all Jeez. the Patreon money, Jim. Yeah, uh, just don't. Just don't say toots, okay? Uh, right. Jeez. Um. No. And look. Point. Point. Well taken, Mitch. Um. Just it reminds me of the current. I don't want to say debate. It's not even a debate, but just the in the the cultural divide to use whatever kind of weasel word I have here. But about pronouns, about people, you know, requesting like, "Hey, please call me," you know, my by my proper pronouns. And it's like, okay, that's about respect. Like it just is. about respecting another human being for who they are. Yeah, because you know when you when you think about it, and I tried to always. Uh, think about it of a way of how do I explain things I've had to get used to, especially with, you know, we could talk about some things like, you know, uh, you know, then legislator Burke uh, passing gay conversion, you know, therapy ban and, you know, some, uh, you know, gender uh, identity the, the Pence policy. bill, the Pence yeah. bill, um, <laughs> which I have some cool, you know, some cool stories I could tell you about that. I think a lot of folks don't know, but um you know, it's, it's respecting people for who they are and, you know, deciphering is and they always, people say, well, they, they like to, conf they don't know how to properly um, understand the LGBTQ community. So, you know, I always say to break it down for, you know, either sexual orientation or gender identity, I say gender identity is who you want to go to bed as, sexual orientation is who you want to go to bed with. They're not the same thing. Mm -hmm. so you're going to really get me on a tangent here, especially, you know, sticking up for trans folks, because, you know, a lot of, when you look at legislation and what inspired me to run and, and get involved in LGBTQ, you know, activism was I saw that, you know, in 2000 or, you know, almost 20 years ago, we passed the Sexual Orientation Non-Discrimination Act, but it left out trans folks. And if you talk to uh, trans advocates that were there, they basically said, well, we had to pass this law. We had to take out gender identity because, eh, you know, certain politicians couldn't get behind it. Right, we'll come it, back for you. They said. Right, it, it's, you know? it's one of the, it was one of those things. I remember this. It was one of those things where they were like, "We're going to do good enough, and we'll get to perfect later." And you know, I and I really it gets me so mad because when you think about the actual real Stonewall um, uprising, and you really want to tell that story accurate and not whitewash it, it was trans people it was trans people it was trans people of color and it was those folks that were the first ones on the first front lines fighting for our rights and they were the last to get it get, get yeah. their rights and that's why i have a really good friend named ari moore and uh camille hopkins and, and trans folks that were fighting the good fight like since the you know mid to late 90s and they were the ones that were able to tell me all this history and that was what got me so riled up in the sense of like how could people let you guys be behind how could they just take their rights and then say see you later it's been fun and you know when it, there was uh so the gender expression non-discrimination act uh or gender it's known as passed only a few years ago but before that the city of buffalo um, when i worked for david rivera sponsored a, an amendment ordinance amendment to the law to include uh, gender identity in basically our version of the hate crimes so we had gender before you know, on the local level before the state did. Mm -hmm. And to me, I, that was a really proud moment is David Rivera has been fighting for progressive values literally from the start. He was one of the coalition members to get domestic partner benefits when he first got elected in 2008 and has always sponsored LGBTQ stuff. So when I had brought this to him as a staffer, he was like, absolutely. You know, we got to whip the votes. We got to make this happen. And my funniest 
uh, story, David Rivera's story about Pride was um, I was sitting, I was had to answer all those, the constituents' calls. And someone said, I, I just, why is there a pride flag on Summer and Elmwood? And, you know, why does it have to be here? This is terrible. I'm moving. Blah, blah, blah. I need to talk to the councilman. Well, on, on, summer, on Summer and Elmwood. Summer and Elmwood. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So I need to talk to, because you'll get the, I need to talk to the councilman. So I was like nervous and, you know, it was really, I just started. And my gosh, I'm still getting used to being in a relationship, being out. You know, just, it was like, I was really nervous. Like, oh, David, you know, or councilman, there's, there's this person that is really angry, wants to talk to on the phone. So he's like, sure, dial him in, transfer him in. So I'm sitting at my desk, like trying to li- trying to listen, but not listen, but listen. And he said, uh-huh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh-huh. Well, sir, you could move. Click. <laughs> and I just remember being like, he said it was such a calm voice and so nice. And like, I, that's what I was, I went home. I was like, that's why I work for this dude. Right. That is why. <laughs> You know, that's why I'm here. That, that's that's an amazing story. So, Mitch, I mean, you're so now you are in that seat, not not David's seat, but you are in the council member seat. So you are now you are the guy we were just talking earlier. You're about, now the guy telling people to move. You're telling people <laughs> to move. You, but we're you know, we we're just talking a second ago about, hey, it sucks when politicians have to make like compromises on things to get good enough done. And yet people get left out. But now you're one of the guys who has to make those kind of decisions. What's it like being on the other side? Because earlier in the show, like earlier before we started recording, we were talking about like, you don't just represent you anymore. Yeah. So that is, so, you know, just to even tell people about the the district that I represent, because it is so geographically and uh, just populously diverse, you know, it goes all the way from Allentown, the lower West side. Marine Drive, um, you know, the waterfront area, Old First Ward, Broadway, Fillmore, and then Genesee, Moselle. And the the district is rich in diversity, both geographically and, and population-wise. And there are times as a council member that, look, people put you in this position. They vote you in. And you have to, at least in my opinion, you know, there are times you, ha- no, you have to vote on the side of the Vox Populi, you represent these people and you represent their concerns. And maybe there's sometimes, maybe I would vote, want to vote another way or I would, you know, you know, want to take another approach. But this is the old delegate versus trustee, Mitch. I know you know this as a political oh, science Franzek, guy. Jay Franzek loves telling me, Mitch, you're not a delegate, you're a representative. Oh, he's a trustee guy. Mm-hmm. Dave Franzek would always tell me that. And he really went into the, as he would say, the machinations <laughs> of it all and, and telling the, <laughs> the, the twists and turns of that. But yeah, you know, you represent folks and. I you're take both. that really seriously. I, I would say you're both. Uh, uh, there's going to be certain votes, Mitch, where you're going to have to be the delegate. It may not be the most popular vote in your district, but you're going to have to lead. And there's going to be some votes where, like, now you're just going to vote what the district wants. You know, I, I you bring up a good point. I mean, you, I mean, you have to take every vote at its face. Like, every issue is different. You've got to take it. You've really got to analyze it. I mean, there are certainly times where and I think a lot of and I, I think I was telling my family is I think that some my, my, my family was understanding how much time that I spend really making sure I know the item before me reading mm-hmm. and really getting a whole thing on it. Because then during the day, I'm like this busybody trying to talk to folks and, you know, bring people together. Like sometimes I, I say I'm the, like the straw that stirs the drink, not too strong, not too sweet, you know, because, you know, if I could build a ton of affordable housing and I could, you know, bring jobs and bring infrastructure and bring, bring more forest development, 
like a like a snap of the finger, I would do it in a, in a minute. But once you get in, you realize, okay, there's so many layers to this. You have to. There's so many players at the table, and you there are so many people that have other layers of expertise mm-hmm. um, and that you really need to bring together. So you know, I replaced you know, and for for people that don't know, I replaced somebody that had served for over thirty years in the seat, and. I, th- I feel like when I first got in, well, when I first got in, COVID happened three months in, you know, we were in, you know, in, in bad fiscal shape and I had to go on almost a, hi, I'm your new councilman tour because people would literally be like, who are you? Who? I'm like, well, here's my office. This is what I'm about. Um, and I had to go through that learning curve because there was a lot of time where it, you know, it was, it was somebody else. And I just have a different style. And, you know, the funniest thing is they I'd come up and they'd be like, yeah, kid. I'm like, oh, well, I'm your councilman. Oh, okay. Sorry, sir. You know, <laughs> I know that from, uh, I was working for a county legislator in Lancaster when I, shortly after I first graduated from college, not when I first graduated from college, but like two years afterwards. And, uh, most of the people in the district thought their, their county legislator was Bill Paxson. By this point, Bill Paxson was not only no longer county legislator, he was no longer their member of Congress. He had already retired from Congress, but people were like, well, Bill Paxson, my county legislator. I was like, yeah, 20 years ago. Like, uh, get out of here. The Square Podcast, your Bill Paxson <laughs> podcast of choice. Who was the county legislator at that time? Uh, uh, that, it, it was Dale Larson, then Denise Marshall. And what was it? What was the, What did the district comprise of? It was just Lancaster. It was Lancaster, Alden, Elma, Marilla, Wales, Holland, and Sardinia. It's a big, it's a big district. It, it's, and it was a very diverse district because Lancaster to Sardinia is tremendously different. And what's, what's weird is like, so I will say that the, as you get further South in, especially like the Southeastern suburbs in Erie County, they always make fun of the, the town that's for just one town South of them. Like in Elma, they're like, well, we might be backwards, but we're not as backwards as Wales. And then Wales was like, well, we might be yokels, but we're not as bad as Holland. And Holland is, well, we're not as bad as Sardinia. And Sardinia is, like, we're not as bad as Cattaraugus County. And you know what? They're all equally bad. They're all terrible yokels. We talk and, about- and all the things they say about the city, by the way. They, and it, it all comes back to, and it, we're definitely not the city. Well, it, yeah. <laughs> but I mean... It, it, as as we talked about before, like I know the guy who used to own the Marilla Grill, and uh, yeah, they're all yokels and they're all racist sons of bitches. Well, to bring it back home a little bit, um, back to back to <laughs> Buffalo, as it were. Yeah, no, Mitch, like I, I hear you, man. Like it's it's got to be so. I, I don't want to say I guess frustrating, but I, I have to think like you probably have a lot of because you were you know worked in politics and as a political activist at certain times in your life too. But you probably have friends who are like. Hey, dude, like, why don't you stake out a position more on X thing? Or you probably feel pressure at times or people sending you texts like, hey, like, why don't you do this, this and whatever? And I feel like you as a person, you're like, yeah, I'd love to. If I could snap my fingers or I could press the button and get the uh, the, uh, get the applause, you would do it. You know, and I'm glad that you, I'm glad you put that applause on because you know what in politics and especially, you know, representing is you're going to have your fans. You're going to have a lot of cheers and you're going to have a lot of you sucks. You know, one per one, there was one person, she was a council member in the mid nineties and she said, Mitch, you're a councilman. Your middle name is you suck. And sometimes it, 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 <laughs> it feels like that, but I don't like to live in either. You know, I don't like to, I don't want to, 
you know, absorb all the applause and I don't want to absorb all the booze because you can't live in either. You got to be in the spectrum and just, and I, and I'm telling, talking to you like, as if I just, you know, came to this sense of calm. It took me like a long time. I mean, it, it's taken me a really long time to as, be comfortable. As Buddha would call it the middle way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, very zen you got to be zen yeah you got to just you know there are times where you know that are heated and people are upset and you know if you don't tell them exactly what they want to hear they're really upset with you but i've always had a really strong sense of intuition in myself and it's just like you gotta you know i'm know what I, you know there are times where i'm like oh, wait i know what i'm doing i know what i care about i know you know the, the issues i'm fighting for i know how i'm trying to move my district forward and just you got to rely on that. And if you don't have a strong sense of self, it can it can really wear on you because, you know, you want to work hard for people. You mm-hmm. want them to be proud of, you know, of their council member. And you can't live in that. You just have to just constantly know who you are and what you fight for and get your message out. You know, that social media and other stuff is, yeah, I say as a council member, I got to deliver good news. I got to deliver bad news. You know, I can't just come around and, and cut ribbons. I got to say, hey, you know, this is a problem in the neighborhood. And, you know, how do we solve this? And I might not always have the answers. Mm-hmm. I, I, I might not. But I'm going to start it. I'm going to inquire. I'm going to, you know, pound the pavement until we can we can, you know, come up with a solution. But I also I get a little, you know, we live in a in a society now that's like instant gratification. Can I get my street paved right now? Can I, you know, can I have a, a you know affordable housing to fill all these vacant lots right now? Um, and if you know if it could get done, I would do it. I'm tipping over every apple cart there is. Um, I will have a meeting with anyone. Um, so that's why it's. I don't play football, um, but my twin does. Um, every time he talks to me about football, I'm like, what? Wait, what? Bill who? <laughs> um, you know, you got to play the long game. You know, you got to you, you gotta do what you can do now, but then, you know, keep focusing and, and have a game plan and just know that, uh, you know, because there's, think about it, I was elected to a four-year term. I mean, four years is four years. It's a good amount of time, but you, you I mean, some of you folks have worked in government. You know how hard those you know t- takes those the, those the, the first work. 18 months is nothing yeah it's it goes the by first 18 quick. months goes by like that mm-hmm. i mean you, before you even realize that you're almost two years in you're like well now i start to have a grasp of how i can begin to do things yes and in exactly what specific role you play in the sense of like okay how do i fit into this issue i might be mm-hmm. one layer into it how do i effectively move my my portion of it because i am tend to be i'm very fast paced and i'm you know kind of sometimes impatient and you know i really want i I roll hard for the fillmore district i really believe in it and i believe in the people and they're the best people to represent they're no matter what neighborhoods there are they're they're hardy folks and they're Mm -hmm. resilient and you know especially in you know in broadway fillmore in the genesee moselle area they've they've waited a long time to see development in their in their in their neighborhoods and i always was kind of saying when the people say well there's east side development there's east side development like we'll come to broadway let's tell you that's part of the east side come to genesee street that's part of you know and i think that that's part of being a district council member you've got to you've got to roll really hard for your district and you know you can't take you can't take no for an answer you you mentioned just a real quick aside here mitch you mentioned uh getting the streets paved you threw out a number for how much it costs to get a street paved in the city of buffalo how much is it for like one street so like a very small street okay so just so the people know because this is one of my big gripes actually i i live in the allentown area and you know i'll see like for a while there like parts of niagara street were all tore up and i'm like oh this sucks like driving down the street is terrible why can't we just throw a bunch of money at it and get it done right away because i'm definitely one of those instant gratification people sometimes but can you give our, our dear listeners who either live in the city of buffalo or 
love the city of Buffalo and have driven through it in their lives. How much does that cost? Well, so I'll go, I'll just because it's hot on my brain and like I'm one of those people that like I have like that internal list of what I need, to, what, you know, who told me what or how many calls I get, you know, you know, and requests for certain areas. So Bristol Street, it it's probably two blocks long, it, two, three blocks long, not that long. Yep. Uh, you would think that it would be minuscule money. I mean, it's almost $90,000 just oh, to do that small shit. street. Good God. You know, so it's really expensive. You have nine council medic districts and there's other, there's a, there's many ways to fund it. Some of it is federal, you know, community block grant money. Some of it is, you know, city money. Some of it's being on capital overlay. So there's different pots of money for districts and, you know, the formula to, for some of the black rent money is pretty tricky because it goes by population. Well, think about it in some streets in my district in Broadway film where I might have two houses on a block. So they're almost in, they're inadvertently punished in the calculation because they don't have the because they don't have the population, but it's insult to injury and it leaves neighborhoods further behind. So I'm constantly fighting um, for increased in, in funding for infrastructure, which has happened, in, especially in my first year. But I think oh you know there's you know almost 1.7 or one I, like 1.7 million dollars that was spent in infrastructure. I'm like I could get I just need so much more. You know there's yeah. and people. It is, you know, when you get someone's a constituent street paved, you're getting a cake the next day. I mean, the people are really, really happy. And part of it is some people get mad at you because they're like, well, my street comes first. But in, you know, in my brain and in my heart, I'm like, no, this is this is in a lot worse shape. You know, this this one's in my, you know, I don't tell them the street, but, you know, I'm like, you know, I need to put this resource here. It's 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 just so bad. Is there some entity or someone attracts like what street needs the most work, like a ranking of they do. There's a, there's a, an individual in DBW and they do a whole ranking every single year. And he's a wonderful guy. And he's and usually if I say like, Hey, he's like, yeah, you're right. Like, this is like a one, like this has got to get done. Um, or in like, and the, the gentleman that knows it, knows it like the back institutional knowledge is incredible. And like, he's like, yo, you're right. Yeah. That street does got to get, you're right. Well, that last year that got done. So maybe we could do this here. And he really makes it equitable. And he, he knows, you know, like he said, you know, he's told me like, Mitch, if I could get, if we could get $50 million just for infrastructure, I mean, it would go a long way, but you're really, you're really trying to do it. You know, you're truly trying to tear it and, and make the biggest. And, 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 the, and the city is, and this is, this is going to come from my knowledge as working as a former county employee. The city's behind the ball in that. So the county has, there are more miles of county highways in Erie County than there is in all of Rhode Island. Highway miles in it's all a lot. Rhode wow. It's a lot. It's a lot. Do you know how many miles of highway miles of in the county are in the city of Buffalo? It's the same amount of gold that was mined out of the West, uh, the Westerland mines last year, if you watch Game of Thrones. A timely reference. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> a, Game of, a Game of Thrones reference? That's two years ago, man. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, it, it, the, we, our wonderful legislator, Howard Johnson, and Chairwoman April Baskin, you know, made the argument in their chamber that said, you know, my constituents don't get the benefit of getting the roads paved, you know, the same amount of dollars that are going into certain right. those districts they're not getting. So, you know, how to make this equitable is, uh, you know, by urban initiative fundings and Howard Johnson, um, it was able to get, you know, LD one, $350,000 that we'll be using, uh, he'll be splitting between three districts, but his money's helping me fix up a park in Broadway Fillmore working in tandem there mm -hmm. to make sure that in, you know, other infrastructure projects, um, happen. And, you know, when you have good people in elected office like those 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 guys and 
uh, people that work together, like you just get so much done and you're just so grateful. Mm -hmm. So, you know, sometimes it's kind of a joke. Mitch and Howard, he's like Bert and Ernie, you know, but I'm a twin. So I usually always have a buddy wherever I go. It's either Mitch (laughs) or Matt or Mitch and Brian or Mitch and Gary or Mitch and Howard. So I usually work, work, work good with a, with a Robin. (laughs) <laughs> right, it's, and if it happens to be Hojo, that's okay. Hey, right. hey Hojo, hey. he's a he's a solid guy. Right, yeah. and Hojo is very calm. So he I need is that. very calm. I need that. I could be a little bit firecracker. He, I could, he, you know. he's, he is. He, now that you mention that, like that's that. Yeah, he is very cool as a cucumber. He's he's got he's got those re dulcet tones. Yeah. That's right. It's very very calming for the people. Um, no, and so. One last thing I want to say, Mitch. I don't want to go too long on this interview portion here with you. I know you are a very busy man. I do. I do. I do. I got a lot of questions. Jim has a Jim will pepper you with questions, but I will. I will respect your time a little bit more. Um, no, but really, in in some for me, I guess um, you know we've talked about it's Pride Month. We've talked about you as a council member. You are a gay man. You're a gay council member, and it, neither one is the defining factor of you. And yet, those are both important public facing things about who you are. And I'm just so fascinated and like blown away that this city that we're at this place where it's like, yeah, all right. You know, Mitch Nokowski. Yeah. He's gay man. He's council member. Like he's we, getting married. He wants he's to getting married. He wants to exist. Yeah. yeah he wants to he's exist. inviting the rest of the square podcast to his wedding. <laughs> yeah, not you, not you, Jim, you got yep. canceled. Oh, you're yeah, in timeout. Yeah, right. But, I mean, I, I'm your plus one. Reason. Oh, right, you're back in. Um, but no, it, we were talking before, dude, like, it wasn't even what thirty years ago when Jimmy Griffin's like shutting down the gay bars on Allen. Yeah, so uh, there is, you know, Cathode Ray has is the currently the oldest still existing gay bars, gay bar. And why I'm trying to bring that up in in, in LGBT history is oftentimes gay meeting spaces or queer meeting spaces were watery, you know, were, were alcoholic establishments. It's where people could go and congregate, meet one another, dance like AK be a human connect mm-hmm. with one another. Um, so s- some of those establishments are super old and there were a, a ton, you know, in the city of Buffalo that I love. There's so many folks that did such great, that did, you know, great history on it. But cathode, there was the, the uh, owner of cathode, I believe was the one that told me that it wasn't long ago in the eighties where, uh, you know, it was honest, the city books, it was an ordinance where two people of the same sex could not, dance in the establishment without losing their liquor license. And there were times where, you know, we had departments that would go in there and, and, and break it up. And when you think about it, that was only in the eighties. When you really think about it from a sociological perspective is I always, and not to take it to like a really sad place, but think about it. I mean, there were probably folks in that bar. That was the only time that they could express themselves. Yeah. It was the only time that they yeah. met somebody and they went through that. I mean, it, it just, it, it's mind boggling to it me. Sucks. Yeah. So I, so what I want to ask you is like Pride Month, Pride Week, Pride Month, Pride Month especially, right, has meant lots of things to many people, and it's always changing. Yeah. So can I give you my three for Willie Pride? Oh, Pride means give me, give me, give me your thirty. Pride is a time where you honor your history and your past and those that came before you that kicked down a door so that you could walk in. Pride is a time where you you take time and you celebrate who you are as a human being. And where you come on with your own journey or struggle. And because, you know, the rainbow is big. It's, it's, we could fit everybody. If you're disabled, if you feel like you fit in and you don't fit in, if you don't know where you are yet, wherever you happen to be, if you're gay, straight, you know, whatever, you belong here, you belong with us, you have a group. But it's also a time where you also need to see forward. And I always say that, you know, the ship, 
People thought, oh, gay marriage passed. See you later. Let's go. Wait a minute, folks. No, 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 no. We still... So much more. So much more. We need to, you know, I was telling you a little bit earlier that, you know, over half of the homeless youth in the city of Buffalo identify as LGBTQ. That's a problem. We need to have supportive services or a homeless shelter or, you know, a space where we can house our youth because... Well, we, we need more because there's only so much Evergreen can do. Yeah, and, and, and Gliss can do. You know, right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, these you know these organizations can only do what they they can do. So we need to support organizations in the movement to do that. But this, we, this is where, I, not for you, Mitch, but this is where I get on my pedestal and I get frustrated with the city mission. Because they proselytize and they have certain religious views that they want to uh, indoctrinate. And the same thing with the Salvation Army that they want to indoctrinate on. And and I, I come from this as somebody who I was executive director of a, a nonprofit that hosted homeless families. We hosted exclusively families. There had to be at least one individual under the age of 18 in the family for us to host them. And we were very expressly open to same-sex couples. It cost us a lot of funding, and I was not willing to negotiate on this stance. I was like, no, we're open to families. And there's a definition of family is children and adults. It's not cis male, cis female, and children. There is no gender to a family. Right. Yeah. No, there's no gender to family. The, uh, family is adults and children and we're going to serve them there were some churches i won't name them today that refused to work with us because of that and i told them in no uncertain terms fuck around and find out would it, would it be easier to name the churches that didn't want to work with you or the churches that would yeah that's an interesting question um no it would be easier to name the churches that didn't want to work with me because the churches that would like there were catholic churches that wanted to work with me. Because um, I remember a few years ago, the diocese took a stance against yeah, adoptions. The, but right? he, the good thing about the, the the good thing about Catholic churches is, is that like each individual parish is its own right. military division, and whoever the head of that parish is is in charge of it. Because one of our staunchest allies was Saint Columba Bridget on the Lower East Side. Mitch, I'm sure you're familiar with where Saint Columba Bridget is. Yes. Right. They had for the longest time in front of their church a sign that said Jesus had two dads and he turned out okay. There you wow. go. Yeah. Wow. It, so that was a Catholic church basically saying like get bent Benedict. I mean, now to be fair, like for the most part, most of our churches we had universalists who are basically atheists, but they like going to church. We had Presbyterians. We had Episcopalians. So, like, a lot of the more accepting Christian denominations. But we did have some Catholics, and they were just like, well, our priest says it's okay. And it is. And, and re, you know, you were raised Catholic. You went to Catholic stuff. I went to, yeah, I went to Catholic school. Right? And... It, there, it, the way the Catholic Church works is that each individual church, whichever priest is in, in charge of that church, if they say something's okay, then the rest of the, the congregation basically goes, oh, it must be okay then. It's very weird. Mm-hmm. It's not a, at all an effective way to run a church. But, I mean, I had Columbia Bridget and Infant of Prague. Yeah, because, you know, re- when you really think about it, love and acceptance shouldn't be at somebody's discretion. And it right? should not be at somebody's discretion. No. I did everything I could to make sure it wasn't at somebody's discretion. I was like, well, here's how it works, is you can be partners with us, 
and say we're doing all these great things for people or not. And you can be shitheads and not do these great things for people. Doesn't matter to me which way you handle it. Well, because you know, I'm going to be able to, I'm going to be able to serve these families no matter what. And to me, I always, I think where I get a little impassioned, is, you know, when it, with everybody, but you know, when you think about it in religions, religious aspect is like religion is to help people get to where they got to go in life and help them on their journey. How do you judge somebody? Like, how do you like just decipher if you're going to help that person along their journey or not because of who they are? That just seems so outrageous to me and wrong. Because usually, you know, and then there's times where, you know, when you think about it, you know, often people are seek faith when they're in a time of need. Right. When they're in a time of crisis, when they're down. Yeah. They don't need that. They don't need anything else but love and acceptance. So uh, I, I'm going to redirect it back to pride for a second. Where do you see pride going from here? What are the next steps for pride? I think pride will, at least hopefully, I think it will always be a time where people love and it's about all about love and acceptance and history and pride and with one another and i think it'll just grow and expand and evolve to make sure everybody in the rainbow and under it is is included can we, can we talk specifically about pride in buffalo because our parade was sadly canceled and it's like one of the most fun times of the year yeah. and look i'm a it's not it's not one of it is literally the most fun time of the of the year yeah. sure it's, it, it's really it is fun. it's the best time of year Sure. It's it's the best parade. It's I've I've had the privilege of walking in the Pride Parade a couple of times, usually for elected officials. I walked in it five years ago, six years ago for Mark Poland cars. It was like ninety fucking degrees. It's really hot. It was super hot. I was wearing a seersucker suit because I wasn't going to show up. Uh, I'll tell you right now, I'm not showing up to a Pride Parade and dressing like a slob. <laughs> Yes, we love pride. Or don't do it in a white shirt. I've had a lot of makeup smeared on a white shirt. <laughs> don't do a white shirt, buddy. I, I was wearing pink gingham. <laughs> okay. Oh. With a blue and white seersucker suit. Yeah. And it was easily, uh, and I've walked in probably 25 to, 50, uh, 25 to 30 parades in my life now because I've been involved in political campaigns and I also played Little League Baseball. Easily the best time uh, I've ever had in a parade. Even though I was sweating my nuts off the entire time. It was, I mean, it was so goddamn And sometimes hot. it rains. I mean, but think about it. It's all the way from Buff State to Allen Street. To right. Yeah, it's a long parade to walk. <laughs> it's a long parade. And if you show up what time they tell you to show up at Buff State, you are just standing in a parking lot for like <laughs> three hours. Well, you know, let, let's think about my plight here. So I <laughs> had to learn a parade walk. I'm a very serious walker. I walk very fast and intense um, and I had to learn a parade strut. I mean, I can't. You can't just bolt it down the thing. You got to walk. You got to wave. It's in the hips. It's all in the hips. Right. Yeah. You got to feel it. You got to feel it. What about the time. hand movements? Through this strut. You know, I try not to do like a queen wave. Right. Right, yeah. I, like 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 I'm, You know, I try not to do like that little wave. I'm like, okay, I gotta uh, give a gotta get a gotta pop you a wave. Yeah. Right. Um, but I, I I'm a big handshake guy. You know, mm -hmm. hug guy. So sometimes you'll see me. Well, so I have friends at like some like integral stops. So like at Elmwood and Lexington. It's nope. It's over. It's game over. I'm gonna be there at that stop for a long time because all my friends, you know, uh, live on that street and, and they usually occupy that area. But 
I mean, isn't the energy like no other? I mean, it's really. Oh, it's the the energy is like. Can we get a makeup parade? This is what I'm. This is what I'm aiming for here. Like we we're getting we're getting some kind of makeup first ward parade. Oh, was oh, that right in here? I, I, I well, I, they said something about it. Right. Yeah, we, we should we should we should do a, a rain check parade. Yeah, let's, let's, Can we get a gay pride rain check parade? Yeah. We look. We I think t- 2022. It's, I hope it's the Royal oh, Twenties. Uh, it 2022 is, is going to. Oh, yes. We're all going to be Zelda Fitzgerald. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> I'm already super conscious of my outfit that because I want to be in season. I don't want to be last season. Right. I, mean, I had a pride outfit to for last season that I wanted to wear to be in season. But now I'm out of season because times change. Oh, and we're on to new looks. I, yep. I, 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 I was just, you know, as we all get on our social media, are those references like, oh, do you want to share this thing from five years ago? And it, for me, it was like three years ago. It was Pride Parade when I lived on Lancaster, which is like Lancaster and Elmwood is one of the best locations in the state to live. It's it's a fantastic spot for the parade because you're right outside the co-op. Yep. So you can just keep going inside and getting more water. See, I don't like to share the memories or my friends too sometimes because I'm like, oh my god, that was me ten pounds ago. How uh, dare you? Well, see, mine was me of my friend and her like three year old daughter at just waving like a rainbow flag around, and I was like, well, I'm sharing this because. I hope this child grows up and continues to be the person they were when they were four. To me, that's what I want. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that their mom is good enough. I know that their dad is good enough. I don't know about their grandparents. Fuck them. Yeah. They're from the like North Country. Yeah, uh, like we can only yeah. do so. You're much from about. Holland, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 The, the the Dutch actually oh. they wear oh, orange. Oh, that that oh that Holland. Well, thank you guys for having me. Yeah. I yeah. really appreciate We're, it for having me for a Pride segment, and I think it's really important. And, you know, I, th- I think that it you know, says a lot about you guys that, you know, you wanted to make sure that this was, you know, that this was, you know, highlighted and, and brought up. Well, it's, I, th- that was, that's the one last question I want to ask you is, like, what can the three of us as straight cisgender males <laughs> do, do to be allies? To be better allies? Well, I th- I think it's probably evident we're allies. You yes yes. What can we do to be better allies? I think supporting queer spaces, queer people, and you know, making sure that their voices are uplifted. So if there's a room where you feel that you're like, wait a minute, you know, I don't want to dominate a conversation, or I don't want to be the only one person in the room, is making sure that you bring everybody you know in. And if you have those contacts, have them speak. You know, there's multiple times where I will. Um, you know, get interviewed for certain things. I'm like, wait a minute. No, I'm not going to speak on that. You know, there's wonderful trans urban artists. Like mm-hmm. they deserve to, to be uplifted and, and brought to the, to the table. And I think, you know, just having, just being, you know, cognizant of that. Um, but also, you know, supporting, you know, gay, you know, GLIS support organizations mm-hmm. that are doing the work and putting in the work. But I also think when you come from more of like a, personality standpoint and how do you how could you be there for others that maybe might not know that you're an ally you know um because there, there's always you know that that stigma where you're like oh my gosh i don't know if you know I, when you grow up lgbt you instantly always feel like you're going to be like rejected in some way and you're super fearful of like you know just that instant you know not knowing you know if they're if they're on your side or if they are understanding or not but just being open and you know celebrating pride you know 
have a pride. You don't need to be gay to have a pride to, or LGBTQ or queer to have a pride flag in front of your house during pride. Right. Stick no. it out there. Let your neighbors know that hey, you know this is this is what I believe in and this is what I support. And- I I will say like so like quick anecdote like one of the most heartbreaking things to me that I've experienced as an adult and it's not really a bad thing that happened right was that one of my very good friends when they wanted to come out to me didn't feel like they could do it themselves they had to have somebody else on national coming out day sit me down at mulligan's brick bar and and tell me that they were gay and i i i I did little of this and people who are listening can't see i did this wow like clearly i knew he did the classic uh glasses move where he took out the glasses right I knew but my I, gayness could be seen from outer space. So I, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I felt bad that like whatever I had done up until that point made them not feel comfortable to tell me themselves. It may have not been something that you, to be fair, I was registered Republican at the time. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe it was, maybe it was, maybe maybe it was, it was so it was probably <laughs> something I did. Maybe it yeah, was yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. yeah. Maybe it was that R, you know? Yeah. Right. But, yeah, you know, I'm, and they did it at National Coming Out Day. They did it at Mulligans. They did it. They, yeah, they uh, did no it other, Mulligans. no other place to come out. I no, think, yeah. no, no other place. Wow. Than Brick Bar. I'm trying to think. The first time I came out to my, because I grew up with all, like I have my own bros, even to this day, and I think well, that shocks some of some folks. It was in a bar in what? Do you, oh gosh, you drive right over the the bridge into Canada. Um, oh, Crystal Beach, right? Crystal yeah, Beach. Crystal Beach. <laughs> I would, my first thought was the sundowner. And I was like, man, Dude, yeah. that'd be a hell of a place to come out. I tell you, <laughs> it was really weird. Yeah, it was really weird. And they were like, and it just kind of just spilled, just spilled out. Let me tell you, I felt like I was like jumping out of a plane. I mean, uh, what for this particular person, like my this this particular friend of mine, we were we were out on Allen. They're like, wouldn't it be funny to go to Roxy's? And I was like, well, I've been to Roxy's. It's not funny to go there. It's great. Let's go right now. And we went, and we went multiple times, like every single weekend for like a month and a half. R.I.P. Roxy's. Pour one out. Pour one out for Roxy's. God, Roxy's was great. And then she introduced me to her girlfriend, who she was like, oh, this is somebody I work with. And I was like, we met playing darts at Roxy's. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I wasn't that drunk. (laughs) Your glasses worked. They weren't fogged up. They they yeah, they, right. they weren't <laughs> fogged yeah, yeah. up. Weren't Prescription fogged. was fine. The, yeah. the, the, they might have been scratched, yeah. but you know. And I'm glad you bring up National Coming Out Day because I'm always sometimes talking to folks where, and I shouldn't do this on social media where they're like, "Why do they have to have a whole month? Why is there a National Coming Out Day? It's important. And it's important. Visibility is important. And you know, especially every October, I will post it until I'm dead. You know, I live out and proud so that ever you know so that others may do the same. And uh, you know, it is it's it's important. Visibility That's, is incredibly it, important. National coming out date to me is uh, it, it was. I will say I will, I will admit it wasn't important to me until my friend came out to me that day, and didn't actually come out to me that day. They had a friend of ours say it to me, which was kind of insulting because I already knew, but made me question what I had done up until that point. But National Coming Out Day to me now is is one of the most important holidays every single year to me. And I post on my Facebook, like, if you can't come out to anybody else, if you don't know anybody who you can come out to. Feel safe enough, yeah. Talk to me. 
That's awesome. And you know what? I that's how you can help. That that's being an incredible ally by being that person. And you know, not to always be like the history buff or history nerd, but I really always say it and I will always say it is I think about the people that made it possible. I think about it the the you know, the the gays and lesbians and trans folks that came out when you could get fired for it, when you could lose your job yes. for it, when you could be punishable and jailed for it. That is bravery. That is, and I always say it is, you know, I'm a pretty privileged guy to sit here at 29 years old and be elected to represent a district and be openly gay and be, you know, getting married. Like that's, you know, that comes with a lot of privilege and that comes from a lot of hard work of those that came before me. And I certainly am never going to go to a pride or be in a space and be like, oh, this is great. You know, I'm, you know, it's all wonderful without acknowledging the pain and the suffering and the marching that that went on and every community is going to have setbacks and you know have a different route or you know different way that they that they uh you know move forward but leaders keep marching on take it from us i think that's a good place to wrap it here with you mitch um mitch norkowski fillmore district council member in the city of buffalo mitch where can the folks find you i mean i know where they can find you they can find you in city hall but uh <laughs> you know social media or anything you want to get out there to our lovely and beautiful listeners yeah i have a i have a, you know facebook instagram oh, and God. twitter mitch for fillmore and uh you can like share and follow me there and um you know it's an area where you can see what's going on and and get involved if you if you you know please Cool. Thanks for having me, guys. Mitch, thanks for being on the square, man. Happy Pride, guys. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. My mama told me when I was young, we were all born superstars. She rolled my hair and put my lipstick on in the glass of her boudoir. There's nothing wrong in loving who you are, she said, cause he made you perfect, babe. So hold your head up and you'll go far. Yeah, big thank you to our guest, Fillmore District Councilmember Mitch Nowakowski. Um, Ryan's going to do the editing. I don't know. It'll come before or after this, folks. So either stay tuned or if you heard it, hope you liked it. Uh, but we're still on the news of the week here. We're talking about uh, the big news. Guys, weed is legal. Spoiler alert. Weed is legal in New York. And with that, there is an opportunity for business money. Ryan, Ace Ventures. Ace Venturas. Right. What the hell is this? Bob Marley's kid? Bob Marley's kid, I guess, is coming to town. He's scoping out a few places in New York State to uh, grow a a weed production facility. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a farm. But I guess it's a production facility. Right. $25 million. Uh, yeah. Bob Marley's kid, also one of the co-founders of Rockefeller Records, oh, no. yeah, is that's involved. Right. That's right. And there's a couple Jay-Z. other. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Not Jay-Z himself. I can't remember no. the other gentleman's name, but uh, no, it's uh, they're looking to hire like 50 employees. So they say it's a lot of money behind this. Right. They're looking at, at multiple places upstate. They're looking at Buffalo. They're looking at Rochester. They're looking at Syracuse. I'm going to assume they're looking at Utica, but. Nobody's looking at Utica now. Yeah. So who knows? I mean, you know, the big thing that I know a lot of uh, advocates in our community all over the state certainly have been fighting for before the le- before the legalization of marijuana is that it goes that any sort of profits that we see go towards those marginalized communities that have been, you know, negatively impacted by 
the the terrible toll from the drug war. Specifically, we're talking about black and you know disenfranchised communities that hopefully that they see the fruits of this as we have all sorts of big companies now throwing a whole shit ton of money behind weed processing and and all that so here's hoping here's hoping that the the folks who have been on the ass end of this whole system for their lifetimes see some good of this and it's not just uh, another thing for rich people to make money off of. right now uh i mean that's one of the reasons why majority leader people stokes held this up right like is to try to make sure that this was institutionalized so that those people wouldn't be left behind. I mean, we're going to see more franchises, more licensees for selling in more affluent areas because they've got more money to more disposable income. I mean, that's just how it works. It's whether or not that the income that the state raises from them goes back to those areas that were more than they should have been affected. Yep. Moving on, gentlemen. So we know the Skyway is here to stay. But we have forever. Forever. Forever and ever and ever. Yes, Skyway is here to stay. And we got uh, a wonderful little piece of reporting. There's an article in the Buffalo News that was uh, detailed a meeting that Governor Andrew Cuomo had. Prince Andy, he, he, had, he held court with... The who's who of Western New York. Um, Senator Tim Kennedy was there. Uh, a friend of the pod, uh, Assemblyman Burke, was on the call. Um, you know, they were all... Uh, the, the, gay, the stars were all there. Crystal People Stokes Crystal was People there. Stokes was there, yes. Uh, Senator Sean Ryan. Sure. Um, and then you, you also had... Uh, Assemblyman Rivera, Assemblyman Conrad, Assemblyman McMahon, or Assemblywoman McMahon, Assemblywoman Wallace there as well. So it was, it was pretty much the entire West New York delegation. Right. And they they came to uh, the decision that, you know, the Skyway, they're, they're, not, they're not touching it. Yeah, let, let's not tear it down. Let's not do it. Let's uh, maybe right. look at something like the 33. Right. That'd be great. That'd be great. And... Yeah, here we are. We've been convinced. I've been convinced anyway. Yeah, I mean, I've been convinced. Uh, let's let's bury the thirty three. Let's not cap it. Let's bury it. It is interesting though that uh, you know <laughs> Andrew Cuomo, who just a couple months ago we were like, is he going to resign? Is is able to sit down every major Western New York Democratic politician and say, mm, no, nah, we're going to keep this guy away. Well, uh, you you mentioned that, and that's actually something that came up on social media this past couple of days, was that the Judiciary Committee, which is supposed to hear the potential uh, impeachment of Cuomo due to his different issues, let's say. Yeah, let's say that. We'll, we'll say issues. Monica Wallace is a member of that committee, and people are like, should she recuse herself from that committee because she went to this meeting? Who's to say? Uh, well, you are actually, Ree. I don't know. <laughs> should, she, should she? You're the guy, Ree. I'm the man. I, yeah. I'm I'm the straw that stirs the drink, as it right. were. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think she should. I don't, no. Whatever. I, I don't. I don't think so. I also don't think he's going to be. He's not going to lose his office. I, I think the the storm has blown over at this point. He's not going to be impeached. No. No, it, they're not going to remove him from office, and she shouldn't like. 
It, it was everyone in the local delegation there. It would have been a dereliction of duty if she had skipped it. Yeah. It made sense for most of them to be there. Maybe not all of them. I don't know what Karen McMahon cares about the Skyway for. But, I mean, whatever. Let's go on to uh, other topics besides this. Ye old Skyway. Well, sure. We could talk about, you know, we're... Um we are the politics podcast sometimes not all the time you know we talk all the time we're all no 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 don't listen to these dorks okay we're cool all right if we're the politics podcast all the time i you know i I was about to say something like i would take a short walk off a long bridge because that's that is boring there's so much else to life in this city in this region you know we're cool okay but we do the nerd stuff for you all right we take in all of this trash and we let it rot our brains so it doesn't rot yours dear listener because we love you we care about you also you're not physically fit enough to take a long walk off a wilkinson pier i i could i bet i could i bet i could i think i could this is one of those i bet you won't type situations because now i'm tempted to let's do it but Snake walks, walks off Wilkinson. Snake walks off Wilkinson Point. Slithers off of Wilkinson Point. Slithers. Yes, he slithers off. But we keep track of this stuff so you don't have to, okay? Nobody reads the Buffalo Snooze anymore. Uh, you check your social media. You see an article. Maybe one of your friends retweets it, and you're like, huh, that's interesting. So we keep track of this stuff. And we keep track of the trash monsters like Stefan Mahailu. Yes, Buffalo's sexiest politician and also arguably its worst. Stefan Mahailu, again, we press the Stefan button because one, it's great for content, but two, I'm blown away that this guy is just keeps being shitty over and over again and in new and creative ways. Jim, what's he done now? Oh, well, he, uh, he received a new award. Oh, good for him. Hey. Uh from the Oh, yeah. Here we go. Give him the give him yep. all the applause. applause. Yeah. May, what you know? Give him one more applause. Okay. There we go. Press the wrong button. Oh. Ah. So he got another award from the same made-up organization based out of Chicago that gave him an award before, and he was like, "I'm the first county controller to ever win two awards from this organization in the history of Erie County." Wow, good for him. And what you need to do to win an award from this organization is pay the dues. It's like that National Honors the Association who's who. in high school, right? right. Yeah, the who, right. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. The who's who. It's, 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 it's in high school and in college. Oh, right. No. The, the who's who, because my parents fell for it, <laughs> and I was in the who's who of American universities. Wow, and, and where did that get you? Uh, dear employers, could, could you... <laughs> Could you please call me? You see this? This guy's on the who's who. He's of, on the who's uh, who. American I'm, I'm, I'm on the, I'm on the who's who of, yeah. uh, of American unemployed podcasters. Yes, yes. Uh, which, by the way, uh, I I actually just started the American Unemployed Podcasters Organization, and we're like forty million strong. If you just pay your dues, then you'll get an award. Well, wow. I, 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 well, uh, here's the thing: is like I can't afford to pay the dues. Oh no! No, you started it. Others yeah. will pay dues to you, but no, unfortunately, services rendered. Okay. Oh, yeah. un- unfortunately, nobody else in the American Podcaster Unemployed Podcasters Association can also. They can't afford to pay dues either. So, right. But we can make it. We draw in awards. We could Photoshop something. Sure. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. No, it's, it's, I've got plenty of like American flag paper. Great. We can. We can do it. And and yeah. No. Look, Stefan. Come on, man. Like I know most uh, most awards, adult awards, are fake anyway. And, like, 
political awards are the most fake thing, most ginned up thing. But this is just, uh, just right. I mean, I mean, like left of the Nobel Prize. This is the fakest award you could possibly win. Oh, sure. Uh, and like, so I was looking at the organization that gives this award out. I was looking at their Wikipedia today and there are literally zero citations in the entire article about this organization. So clearly they wrote their own. And if you get a scholarship from them, you get to study with the Chicago School of Economics. Woo! Woo! So, uh, for those of you who don't know what that means, trash. Yes, yes. it, It just means, it just means, like, supply side trash. Well, speaking of awful goblin people, there was an incredibly enlightening article in the Buffalo News recently. I know, I know. I know the Buffalo snooze obligatory, but every once in a goddamn great while, they will do a little bit of good reporting these days. And they had a, an interesting story that Buffalo is actually uh, a major hub for illegal debt collection companies. Mm -hmm. All right. So we've got a whole bunch of these just terrible, awful, a lot of them are mob related. Yes. Worst people you could ever, imagine dream of who are starting companies who are basically buying up personal debt like credit card debt and the like at pennies on the dollar so they're harassing people they're harassing people who have already a lot of times paid off their debt and they're getting more money out of them and it's and it's pretty terrible practice yes so all i have to say about that you know read the article for yourself um just because it's a pretty pretty interesting read the only thing i'll say about that is be careful what you wish for we always fetishize in like the media and the local media or political media or whatever you want to classify it as jobs. Everybody has such a giant heart on for jobs. Okay, sure. You want to make sure people are employed and the like, but you really do have to be careful about what you're letting in because those are jobs. Those are, those are jobs. Those Those are, are, those are fairly well paying jobs. Yeah, they, they are jobs like harassing people on the phone for money. I mean, their job. I mean, like, it, it just makes me think of like the fact that like I don't pay any of my debts, so I mean it's it's fine for me. Yeah, I, I'm I can ignore them forever. But somebody's called somebody's paid to harass you, and and purchase your debt at pennies on the dollar and, and make your life miserable. Well, I I just don't answer the phone. Change a, your number. A smart idea. Right. Yeah. It's change your number, and then someone like me gets it. When right. Gets yeah. Right. Yeah. I I I actually I changed my number to one eight hundred eight million, and wow. then. Yeah, they, uh, it just goes to uh, Selena and Barnes. Oh, that's that's perfect. Well, and just just a taste of this, though. Actually, I do want to give a sample just because it's so ghoulish what some of these people are doing. Um, from the Buffalo News article, why Buffalo is... We're out of time. Oh, no, we're making time for this. <laughs> why? Bu- <laughs> We've had enough story time. We're going to yeah, give yeah, the people yeah. a real story. Why Buffalo is a hub for illegal debt collectors who scam thousands across the country. So at Joseph A. Chiffa's offices in Niagara Falls and Kenmore, debt collectors intimidated their victims with illegal threats of arrests and lawsuits. According to federal prosecutors, an elderly cancer patient in Texas was so rattled by the threats that she borrowed $500 from her sister to help pay off a debt of $1,285. That payment helped keep the profits rolling in for Chiffa and company. And so he goes on to say, uh, we did three hundred and seventy grand the month of March, Chiffa told one of his supervisors in a phone call that he recorded and federal agents later obtained. We're on a $300,000 a month pace right now. So 
there's clearly money to be made here and there's jobs that are happening except we are terrorizing uh impoverished elderly people and and shaking them down for it fuck debt collectors i mean like well, i gotta ask you this do boomers deserve it no no okay no nobody okay. deserves it you know Thank why you. because the people who are actually getting those calls aren't the type of boomer that you associate with like being a comp- complete right, shit you're right, right you're right right i mean those are the type of boomers who are behind the ball the entire way all right all right like i mean no I, I, boomers don't deserve it it's it, you, that that reminds me of i saw somebody say something a lot like oh exennials associate like boomers stealing their retirement from them right and so there's this misplaced anger and i was like it's not really misplaced Boomers did steal your retirement. What's misplaced is that, like, in between politicians didn't replace your retirement. Indeed. Indeed. So take that, Re. I'm taking it. Take it. Well, you know what you'll take, Jim? You'll take lifted COVID restrictions. Oh, will I? You sure will. Uh, you know what? You know, I might make everywhere a mask in my apartment anyways. Well, the the federal government or the new york state government well the federal government said it a while ago but new york state is officially we've hit the 70 percent uh vaccination threshold yeah we have and uh we're lifted baby yeah but we're but, back but you know what at my apartment i've been trying to offer vaccines and nobody's been taking them mm. so my my apartment vaccination rate is like four percent Ernest noted anti-vaxxer right it's, yeah, it's right. Uh, well Ernest took one and then he said no to the second one because he's like magnets will stick to me oh right oh right. yeah he's yeah. a half vaxxer yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. okay <laughs> yes so they're lifted we can do stuff again um feels good you know yeah. feels a little bit like a cold comfort after we had to sacrifice almost half a million people on the altar of covid yes but uh we made it baby over half a million people. Uh, over Pro- ha- probably a million people. Probably a million people. Probably a million people. Last numbers I saw was like six hundred thousand. Yeah, but probably a million people. But listener, we, we we won the lottery, right? Like you know, maybe you had loved ones, friends, family. Right. Who knows? They they might have died, but you made it, and you but, made it, and we all get to go to Tapo Pool Club. We all get to go to Tapo Pool Club. Oh, can't wait. Can't wait. All right, fellas, what do you think? Time yeah. to wrap up another square, put it in the uh, the old books here. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was born this way. <laughs> yes, happy Pride to the folks. Happy Pride. Thank God for Pride. Don't hide yourself in regret. Just love yourself and you're set. I'm on the right track. Baby, I was born this way. Right track.